2: What is that? That's the second time
3: it's gone off. Never got home. They never got home. They never got home. Those, those, those boys. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good right.
1: lad. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. The opening weekend of the National Football League Was all about bogey teams For Galway That bogey team is currently Mayo They've failed to beat their neighbours Five times in a row Since Kevin McStay took the Mayo job last year For Kerry It's any Ulster team managed by Mickey Hart The bane of their life when he was Tyrone manager He was at it again on Saturday night Taking Derry to Tralee And coming away with the points For Dublin Their bogey team Their nemesis The county they just can't crack in the league Is Ken? Uh, Dublin Dublin,
4: <laughs> Dublin or Dublin? I'm bogey sorry.
1: Team. Can I just say? Oftentimes we've just recorded the football podcast. I can forgive Ken for not, you know, his yeah, head he's, is he's, he's is a little away in a, yeah, in, yeah. In this case, I said oh, we'll just crack the, crack on with this now. Get yeah, the GA podcast done. Then Ken can fully focus. He's going to be sharp football as a knife. He's going to be sharp as a knife here, yeah. and that's your first answer. So Ma- Ken, I'll repeat the question for Dublin. Dublin, bogey Dublin's bogey team. team well, International the football. Every
3: team. Dublin match is against Dublin. really
1: you know okay, it's gonna be a good save. Give them time. Uh Dublin's bogey <laughs> team. Yeah.
3: Dublin's bogey team is Monaghan.
1: Okay, that's good. You pulled it out of the How did you game. know that?
3: Uh because they were playing them during the night and I was I was actually out in the local area uh talking to Dublin fans after yeah. uh, the game. This and we were talking me. about uh, you know, the dubs and monaghan and the struggle to yeah. tame wow. the, the men of Monaghan. So <laughs>
1: No, you've put me right back to my listen, box there. I That's listen, unbelievable listen, stuff. Dublin have failed to beat Monaghan since, as Ken knows yeah. from speaking to it, Monaghan. and. Yeah, obviously well, this is the time. thing.
3: It's a, you're steeped in it. In, the, in, in February, in, in Dublin 3, you are steeped in this stuff. Yeah. You mm. can't help but, but learn it by
1: osmosis. Yeah, true. Dublin have well, failed but, to beat Monaghan. Go on, sorry. No, I was just wondering
4: what the feeling was, you know, on the streets. Our, this is Why the end can't they beat the Monaghan? It's been twenty seventeen, I mean sure they did beat them in the Ireland actual seventy four. I mean, yeah, but I just thought we should throw it on the record.
3: The feeling on the streets was that Dublin that Dublin can't beat Monaghan because it means too much more to Monaghan to win that match. Mm, okay. That's that was if you if you want the truth, that was
4: the arrogant feeling. On the if
3: feet, you want the truth, it, okay. yeah, it's
1: didn't oh, really care. It's, it's their cup. It's their cup really final.
3: It's it's yeah, their yeah. cup final. So that was yeah.
1: that's the kind of patronising attitude that will probably keep Monaghan fired up for <laughs> the next few years. They didn't play each other last year. That was only because Dublin had been relegated by Monaghan at the end of the 2022 yeah. league. One of five occasions in the last nine years that Monaghan have survived on the last day of the season. So you have Dublin's number. It was a running game yesterday. I was watching the Detroit Lions run the 49ers almost into oblivion last night Murph before the 49ers came up trumps in the end but I kind of felt there were similarities with Mm. the way Monaghan were slicing through Dublin couldn't handle the the Monaghan ground game I should say US Murph tomorrow for World Service members only yeah uh, they couldn't
4: handle uh, Monaghan's elite running back Stephen (laughs) (laughs) O'Hanlon He repeatedly punched holes in Dublin's uh, O-line D-line well
1: there was some good blocking and there was. Screens being set and so forth
4: <laughs> Yeah, exactly There was a lot of displacement in the Dublin yeah. uh, D-line yeah. uh, with, no, Which Stephen Hall was more was than happy to uh, exploit It was um, I mean, that is insane That Dublin haven't beaten Monaghan since 2017 Because every year it's like Monaghan have pulled off an incredible shock by <laughs> denying du- I mean, they've actually just done it Time and time and time again uh, But they do have a lot of fun, you know Monaghan, Monaghan football fans If They've had a hell of a
1: run, yeah, you know. Good, they could get good bang for their book.
4: They really,
1: they really do, and they mind their books up there as well. Also. So they're they they're, <laughs> ah, they're really appreciative now. of that. Don't need your crude stereotyping. You're at the Galway game. Let's get back to business here. Why can't they get? <sighs>
4: I was over a Mayo. It was year? Re- it was really odd because I didn't really mind that much, and I I, I don't know am I just getting used to Mayo uh, coming to Galway and beating on us like a drum? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean. Galway fielded without uh, Sean Kelly, who uh, everyone expected to not play. Then Damien Comer, it was announced 15 minutes before the game was due to start, that he didn't start and he wasn't even uh, uh, on the subs bench. And kind of after that, then it kind of became, OK, no Killian McDade, obviously, uh, no Liam Silk. So there was kind of an element of, OK, Mayo have come with a really strong team. Galway team is not strong mm. <laughs> and uh, I can't you know there's uh, a couple of that so I don't think we'll see come Championship that ended up starting the game that really it just kind of it, it didn't ruin it as a spectacle I was still delighted I was there I was still you know it, it's been a long time since an intercounty football game and I kind of love that about the National League the first round of the National League everyone is just like Let's just go. Like let's just
0: let's just Doesn't go. Let's just see what happens. The conditions are. Yeah, let's just Don't let's just see
4: what happens. You know, like i I woke up uh, uh in Dublin on Sunday morning, took a look at the at the weather app and it was like Oh, it says there's a forty percent chance of rain in Salt Hill. I was like that's one hundred percent. Check I mean. for the dry rope. Is the dry robe in the boot? You know what? I did actually pack an entire <laughs> Uh, change of
1: clothes in the car Yeah you learn from your mistakes Fool me three times on <laughs> Not four times so. Before we chat to Michael Murphy We have got something very nice to give away to you guys each day this week Oh you're amazing For our gang's all here at Dublin shows last year Our guests like Sam Allardyce And the aforementioned US Murph Stayed in the Hyatt Centric Hotel in the Liberties Which is a beautiful four star hotel Right beside St Patrick's Cathedral And now you, the second Captain's listener Can be just like Big Sam <laughs> <and> wow <laughs> Pause for effect And stay in the Hyatt-centric Or any of the Hudson Bay Group Four-star hotels Around the country oh, no, This is actually A really good prize It's though. a brilliant prize Because this week Just as you're that your way lovely, January but There's, there's oh, other listen, listen We're giving sorry. away A two-night stay I got stay. excited there okay, We're giving away A two-night stay With dinner to The Hyatt-centric in Dublin This isn't an either-or Right to all these hotels over the course of the week. The Hyatt Centric in Dublin, the Hudson Bay Hotel in Athlone, the Sheraton Hotel in Athlone, the Galway Bay Hotel and any one of the above of your choosing on Friday's podcast. This is pretty good stuff.
4: It is. You know, I mean, multiple members of my family got married in the Gullaby Hotel. I couldn't <laughs> speak highly enough of the staff and indeed just the whole set there, all
1: just really bloody top class. Today we're going to start with the Hyatt-centric in Dublin. Check it out at www.hyattcentricdublin.com. And to win a two-night stay with dinner, we're going old school with our competition here. We're going to play an audio clip from the archives. So tell us, what striker is Steve Staunton talking about here? He's not the most pleasing striker on the eye. Uh, he's been likened to uh, likened to a, a few big strikers that wouldn't be uh, the most comfortable on the ball, <laughs> <laughs> but he's quick and runs the channel as well. <laughs> yes. Sir. Is it too yeah. obscure? When I play it, I'll play another clip. Yeah. Uh, he's a big boy, strong, quick. He's uh, he's awkward for defenders to handle, and uh, gives us an extra dimension. So which striker was Steve Staunton bigging up massively with praise there showering with praise It's not easy Talking about his inclusion in the squad back in the day (laughs) If you fancy a very fancy two-night stay away in the really lovely Hyatt-centric in Dublin email your answer to editor at secondcaptains.com. put the subject hotel please just put the word hotel in your subject title editor at secondcaptains.com before midnight Monday the 29th that's tonight and we'll announce a winner on tomorrow's podcast If you're thinking of a domestic break this year in Galway, Athlone, Dublin or Roscoe Log on to www.hodsonbaygroup.com to see the range of excellent offers for the Galway Bay Hotel, the Hudson Bay Hotel, the Sheraton Hotel, Athlone and the Hyatt Centric in Dublin. Now, Michael Murphy is making his first appearance of the season today. Jim McGuinness having failed in his attempts to talk Michael out of retirement. Donegal beat Cork handily in the wind in Valley Buffet Cork choosing to play against the breeze in the first Mm -hmm. half. I would love to see a statistical analysis of this decision that is made by teams. I mean, I would have okay. Sort of quotes from their manager, John Cleary. We had played against the wind in the last three or four matches that we had the McGrath Cup and the Challenge matches, and it worked out. If we had known the wind would die at half time, we certainly wouldn't have. Well, (laughs) it is always. You know, I would, always play with, I would always play with the wind while the wind
4: is there. I would have thought that's the... Well, and that, that is one way of thinking, and it's a school of thought that I adhere to. Mm. Anytime I've ever been captain of any team, I'll take that wind.
1: Of course, the wind time. could always, in fairness to John Cleary, the wind could always get stronger in the second half, so you could yes. have an even stronger wind yes. to play against. Who yeah. knows? Uh, no, I mean, I, I'm not so much...
4: You know, like, the wind may change. That is a fact of life, so... Yeah. I, I'm I'm not going to say oh well you bank on it getting stronger or bank on it or you know uh, hope that it'll die down and that's the reason why you take the win in the first half I mean be a front runner I mean I would always say would he, would he not have a wetter up um, well Brano, yeah but I mean I've just told you that accurate, I've literally just told you that I woke up in Dublin yesterday looked at the weather for Salt Hill and it said there's a 40%. I mean if the sun is spitting the stones in Salt Hill there's still a 40% chance of rain <laughs> that that in the inside the following 5 minutes thereafter. It's
3: exceedingly on the gluck.
4: I really I didn't even make out what that was. No I'm not percent sure. I yeah actually we're just going to f- Put his mic down. Uh, so, no, there's a, there is a there is a school of thought that you say, right, it's going to take you 10 minutes to settle into a game. Yeah. So why spend the 10 minutes where you need to be running up the score settling into the game? You know, the, the idea would be that, okay, from the start of the second half, you have the breeze. Everyone's in the game. Everyone's, like, warmed up, ready to go. That's the thinking. I have never
1: subscribed to that. No, the There is a thing called a warm-up that teams do these days. After which they should be ready to start the game.
4: Damien, Com- the the uh, much uh, 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 loaded and very much, uh, very much missed mm-hmm. Damien Comer yesterday was talking last week about the GA warm up. I don't know if you saw these quotes. Mm-hmm. Actually, very interesting. He's like, I go to Arsenal, and the Arsenal warm up is the most relaxed thing in the world. It's just lads paying balls for each other, a few stretches, bingo bango. The GA warm up <laughs> is like half an hour of the most extreme calisthenics. He's like. It was weird. It was like, I I wonder, has he been punished for this, (laughs) for these comments? Is that why he was missing yesterday? But it's like, it's just very different. The GA warm-up, very different. Not better,
1: not worse, just different.
4: Yeah, and way more uh, energy. Manly. Well, manly is one word, but I mean, what's the science? Damien Comer is, I'm sure that's what he's asking here. What's the science here, you know, before running GA players absolutely ragged just before the ball's about to be thrown in?
3: And he is my second captain. Second captain, uh-huh. sir. a humorous competition. I saw that. Important man for my selection. What is it all about? There's no telling, it's about the peak. Yeah, yeah,
1: David Clifford! Clipper!
2: <laughs> I love you, counting. It's a dump. We're going
0: to do it.
1: Jim McGuinness is off to a winning start in the league on his return to the Donegal manager's job we're joined by the man he tried but failed to talk out of retirement Michael Murphy how's the form? Good boys Uh,
2: yeah (laughs) good after a a brilliant opening day one uh, we had one last year against Kerry but I think this one just feels a slight but slight but different so yeah brilliant
1: I think we've had the retirement chat with you already probably twice. feels like Groundhog Day but I do just want to ask you because (laughs) McGuinness said this is uh, just before has said I speak to him all the time and had him half tortured there for a while we have to wish him well for now and let that boat leave the pier so how bad was the half torture that he put you through trying to get you back
2: ah uh, listen come here i think we, we both of us kind of uh listen i tortured myself really on it uh you know it's such a big decision when you do go to retire um i get you know stated that like a, a broken record i think last year um and you know just before he was you know thinking about coming in you know we we, we, we do chat kind of you know every other week. Um, and you know, like anything, yeah, you 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 want to make sure that it's the right decision, and I went through everything in, in my head and my gut and my heart, um, and just nothing changed as regards that. The energy I would have needed to be able to give him and and the team is uh, was the reason why I retired. Um, and even with the thought of him coming back in, and I knew how how meticulous things were going to be, and how good things were going to be, and and how good that journey and daily, every night up around the Donegal J Center was going to be, it just didn't didn't turn me. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of, it's kind of hard. It's a hard one to, to to explain. It's a hard one to try and to try and say to him. Uh, you feel like sometimes you're you're, you're letting them down, but. Um, no, it's the right decision. If I wasn't able to give the full of me the full of my energy, I would be no good to, to anybody, no good to him, no good to the lads that are there. And and appearance to them, they've got they've got started and they've got back and it's it's uh, it's good to see you. and they're on a journey and uh, yeah, I'll be there supporting them from the from, from the terraces like I was yesterday, you know.
1: The conversations with McGuinness, were they just about coming back as a player or did he ask you about whether you'd like to be involved in the management team?
2: No, they were player, player only. Um yeah, uh, listen, uh, t- t- they were totally player only, and, and that's the way I think myself. I would like to, have, or to 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 have been involved, If I was going to be involved at all. It would have been at them, no, nowhere near them. Trying to do my my years or my experience on the on the coaching side. I mm-hmm. had underage and back with the Donegal development squads, and, and taking the, the club minor team here for the third year. So I'm, I'm trying to to learn in that regard. But uh, yeah, they were just playing only. Uh, there was no chat of anything else as regards that. And there's a there's a couple of good additions there, and, and Colin McFadden and, and Neil McGee, and along with them.
4: Yeah. Um, when you say that you, sp- you speak to him every other week, has that kind of kept up over the years? So even while you were with Donegal, even while he was in, you know, China, in North Carolina, w- there would always have been like that kind of relationship between you and him that you'd have, you'd have kept in touch throughout all of that time?
2: Yeah, we would have kept in touch. Probably not the same frequency there now as, as every other week in, in in China and Carolina. But yeah, there would have been calls. Obviously, the time difference was a was a bit of a bit of a factor. But we always would have found found a time to to uh to make a call you know over whether that be a month or every probably couple of months at that time so it was um yeah it was just always interesting to find out where his, his journey was he he didn't change as, as a as a kind of person in terms of his values of how he runs things but his ideas were always new and different uh, and i think we're we're seeing that again even though his key you know principles of hard work and connecting the team and and you know Lads comfortable around each other's uh, within his company and others' company. I don't think them things change. Uh, it's just as his ideas and his ability to generate ideas were, were changing over them years. You know when he was around at the soccer, and even when he was back home here for for, for the last couple of years. You know,
4: uh, has he been talking to you about Roger Schmidt at all? The counter hey. press and what that might look like in Gaelic football. Uh,
2: yeah, he, he had obviously he had mentioned him uh, at the time, and you know had followed even Roger Schmidt myself, but at, at that kind of time in terms of stuff, as, you, as you mentioned that that counter press and as I suppose he brings it to a whole brand new level of counter doesn't he? Um, he is all out counter so yeah, listen, he he would learn learn some things about it. We yeah, you would have discussed, do uh, you know how they how they do it and and how maybe those principles could be brought into the Gaelic games. I think we've seen it a wee bit yesterday, which was, was enlightening to see when Cork were playing against the wind. That instead of dropping back Donegal went full on, full on press yeah. from, from from all all facets of the game. And and cause cork difficulties. Like, there's no doubt that the, the 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 weather conditions and the underfoot conditions played into that press and allowing that to happen. But how it would work out in a in a, in a dry sod in the middle of summer um, might be a bit different. But they're getting good repetition and, and, and good um and good practice at it there now already. You know.
4: Yeah, I don't know if you read Eamon Fitzmorris uh, in the Examiner on Saturday, but funny enough, he was talking about kind of like what like 2024 might look like, and obviously, so much of kind of what people are pinning. You know what the next step of Gaelic football is going to be like. People are pinning a lot of that on McGinnis, and so there is this idea of the the this high counter press. So you lose it high, you try and win it back. You know, within five seconds is kind of the, is this the kind of the soccer rule of it. Um, but when it comes to Gaelic football, uh, you know, everyone is just really, really curious to see how actually what actually that looks like. You know, because it's oftentimes when you see uh, you know sort of a high press team in in soccer, in football, you know, there, like one pass often, you know, kind of like trips, uh, it, you know, breaks it all open, and it can look quite foolish. And so, there's you, you need to have like massive conviction as a coach to say the benefits we get from this high counter press will outweigh the times when we're made to look pretty stupid uh, by being kind of blown apart by one sixty yard uh, foot pass. Um, So I'm just, you know, that's kind of why this is different to Jack O'Connor taking over with Kerry for a second time or a third time or whatever. You know, that that everyone has kind of like their, has pinned their hopes on McGuinness having learned something and actually just like, you know, changing the game in a kind of fundamental way. And that might be weird for a Duddy Gold person here because like all you guys probably care about is let's win an Ulster let's get like back into the Iron conversation but for people outside Donegal we're looking at this saying right okay could this actually be the thing that changes the game again
2: it's going to be interesting there's a couple of kind of I suppose things that pop onto my head right away when you when you mention that and, and something fundamentally different I don't envisage that potentially happening and I don't mean to burst a bubble I suppose yeah. here on it I, I think we go back and and there's obviously everybody's making a comparison. Jim came in in 2010 versus Jim coming in now in what 2024. And let's face it, like the the, the GA landscape in 2010 not for not to really down anybody that was involved at inter county or club level at that stage, but there were developments to be to be got in terms of tactically innovating the game. You know, teams weren't tactically astute, uh, coaches weren't tactically astute. <laughs> The physicality back in 2010, you know, that there was a real surge of strength and conditioning. But, you know, there was a real surge of, yeah, everybody getting big in strength. Whereas I look back in 2010, I look at the the kind of key parts that we worked on that I felt any team we went out and played from 2010 to 2014, we were going to be tactically superior because they just hadn't worked on tactics yet a lot of teams. Listen, the top teams potentially had... And we were going to be better conditioned because I just felt that the 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 the, the astuteness of how to train it and coach a team to be to be able to get up and down the pitch with repeated sprints just wasn't at the level. But all of a sudden, since twenty fourteen, teams have copped on to that. You know, all the teams from you watched National League yesterday, I'm sure, from Division Four right up to Division One. Tactically they're not far away. You could maybe make an argument or a case here or there for a little bit of a tweak or a or a clutch. So that's the challenge, I suppose, for for Jim and for Donegal. Everybody's looking for this big thing. Um and to me, where I think the big thing is going to happen, it's 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 going to be on the things where he is good at. It's bringing that team together collectively that fifteen players moving and and you know in, in a synchronized way constantly whether we we're attacking or defending and that's where I think the big gains are going to be made with Donegal and, and you could see that yesterday where that fifteen was just like a you know like they were they, they were moving and 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 in, in harmony and, and 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 that's what I think and connecting them to that vision of, of trying to win for Donegal and the importance of it and the importance that it, it does for the county and the lap that it's going to give the county is where I see where I see the big gains to be made rather than maybe any tactical innovation. Um, you know, on that, listen, he's pressing massively high on kickouts. Um, there'll be certain opportunities I think they will go for the high press. Like I think all teams, I think we've seen Kerry pressing quite high against Derry the last day, which is quite interesting. But can that be sustained constantly over the course of a 70 minutes? I think there's going to be triggers in that one, you know.
1: Mm, yeah, interestingly, he said after the match, that he's using the league to find out as much as possible as to where we want to fall come the summer with styles of play. So it sounds like if we take him at face value on those quotes, he he isn't coming into this with a predetermined idea of exactly how it's going to work. Maybe he needs to figure it out as well.
2: Yeah, figure it out. And I thinking more importantly, what he mentioned within that too, and work with the players, what, what he has at his disposal and and, and their strengths too. Um like, there's no doubt in the, the introduction so far of going up and, and watching the Mechanic Cup. And I know it's the Mechanic up, and it was pre season and we don't read really a lot into it, but you kind of can a lot of the times with, with with Jim and his teams, you know, the way they set them up. You know, he's Oren Doherty, he's Kieran Moore, Donal Miguel Breed, These are young lads of, you know, in, in the region of 20 to 23, 24 years of age. Ryan McHugh, Pattern, Mogan's back and they are back with an abundance of legs. And yesterday it was just. 100 mile an hour constantly. Um to their to their detriment a couple of times. You know, Cork kicked two six, one three in each half. And I would say out of the two six, two four were for Donegal going one hundred mile an hour, per skill execution or just giving the ball away, and Cork literally went down, kicked the ball into an empty goal at one stage, because Donegal were just going one hundred mile an hour, trying to take their man on and play at that pace. But over the course of the 70, it worked more times that it, than, than it didn't. Um, and, and that was an interesting ploy to, 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 to kind of see, you know.
1: Mickey Hart is the other big managerial return. Michael, and it started well for him against Kerry. Just he re- just reminding Kerry about what what he brings to the table and will do with this Derry team, I guess.
2: Yeah, listen, he's a, I mean, it's, it's such a... I still can't to this day <laughs> figure out Mickey Hart on it yeah it's red and white <laughs> you know so you're not maybe initially being completely uh surprised by it but then you just see the the Oak leaf crest and you just say to yourself my god this just doesn't just doesn't sit, sit, oh. sit right I don't know if it's an Ulster thing where it's just you associate certain people with certain counties and that's the end of it but, so,
1: so you're finding uh, it weird as well because in Derry, I mean in Tyrone they're, they're fuming. Like, you know, it's, it's quite clear that, uh, that a lot of Tyrone people are deeply unhappy about this, mm. you know, and especially if he now goes on a run and wins a an Not ireland title. Yeah. It's and going this to be absolutely bonkers stuff up there.
4: Yeah, and it's not to say that the Derry people are actually sorry. Actually, forget exhaled. about Not All-Ireland
1: title, by the way, sorry. I mean, it beats, beats Tyrone potentially in an Ulster championship yeah, in I mean, the meantime. Sorry, <laughs> Yeah, I
4: mean, but I mean, the point I was going to make is not, it's like not like Derry people are ecstatic about it either, you know, which is, which kind of does make it like, that's weird as well. You know, it's usually like you're laughing at the expense of one of the, but the, the, both
1: counties seem a little annoyed about the whole thing. I think Derry, I think Derry might get over it if he leads yeah, him all the way, to France. Yeah, yeah.
2: Correct, correct. Derry, I'll get over it to 100%. Listen, the way he looked at it, I, I believe, the way, way he looks at it, like, he, I would say he was fairly stung and hurt by his departure from Tyrone. You know, he departed after all those years and people might have said, oh, eh, did he depart? You know, I would say he, there was more push rather than him departing there in that one. And, like, this man, I got to know him, I suppose, last year in the work with BBC, and even though we, we we shared pitches for 10, 12 years prior to that, um, you know, I never really got to know Mickey Hart as such. So just to actually see him in operation throughout games like this, it's the old cliched one, but you can see he, he he's, he's mad to one. Um, and, yeah, done doing it in Toronto and with Eric O'Keehan would be brilliant, but you can see... He sees an opportunity with Derry to want to to win an All Ireland, and sees an opportunity to be a winner to get up to get a team to another All Ireland, and make has All Ireland a senior success for. Um, and you know, when you look at it on the on on, on playing face, they have they're up there with every every opportunity uh, than any other team here currently at the moment, but. It just doesn't It just doesn't feel right At the moment You know Maybe with time Maybe with time
1: yeah, well, There'll be plenty of time To get used to it I suppose the other, A lot of the Ulster teams Giving us the stories As has been the case For a while I think Michael Monaghan We mentioned this stat Earlier on They haven't lost To Dublin in the league Since 2017 Which is hilarious The only <laughs> hilarious. person Who seems unimpressed With that stat Is Vinnie Corey It was put to him Afterwards yesterday The Monaghan manager And he was like Yeah well the boys Aren't afraid of Division 1 You know we, we play these Big teams every year But it's, it's impressive going
2: yeah, the, the, their their ability against Dublin is nearly rivaled in their 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 ability to, to to suppose to prove the doubters wrong. There's yeah. two things that's happening: they're great at proving the doubters wrong, and they're great at playing against Dublin. Um, but yeah, credit to them. Listen, I watched them in the McKenna Cup against Donegal and they were, my God, Cork were bad yesterday, but they were they were absolutely terrible. And there was a lot, a lot of players that were playing that day that are playing now. And you looked at, you know, Kieran Hughes going, he was a bit part the last couple of years, but he was always a crucial player for them. You know, Conor McManus not playing and then Rory Began, which is a huge one, like, mm. um, you know, and... and you know, it just didn't really give them much of a hope uh, at all against Dublin. But yeah, listen, they, they do have pace. It's, it's their ability now and their consistency. They kind of show that. I thought I think they still will potentially struggle in, in Division 1. Um, but, but credit to them and what, what a start, you know.
4: Yeah, you know, Dublin used to be able to glide through the league. That's obviously not the case anymore. I mean, that doesn't stop them performing in the summertime. But that's the reality. And it has actually been the reality for the last three years with Dublin
2: yeah and i think it points to what what i believe last year and we spoke about it on here a lot of the times right generally spoke about it a lot you know and yes we need to get away from that that those dublin teams of the past but dublin's backups aren't near as strong as they once used to be or the players that were coming into the Dublin teams back in you know the, the kind of the 2018's 2019's 2020's like you were you know you had hungry nail Scullies you know you had you know Paddy Smalls coming in who were just mad for that jersey you know and um, and, it, it, and naturally, they're just not of that ability anymore. And as a result of players not being of that that ability, then you're obviously suddenly you're going to come back to the pack that a little bit more. Um, listen, that's that's no it's no dig at Dublin whatsoever, but it's just that the players that are generally coming in now to make just aren't at them so that same level of what is there and. Um, you know they still have the fentons They're still rolling out they're, they're, they're big players there. But listen, I'd say they're only back this last number of weeks. They'll play themselves through the league. They'll glide through Leinster, and and you know it's it's, it's where where the season kicks on for Dublin is, is is further down the track. You know,
1: just on you mentioned Begging there. Um, obviously gone to try his look at the NFL. Are you envious of that? That this this is a pathway that seems to be opening up now for for players.
4: Hold on a second. Uh, Like, Adam Vinatieri was like 40 in the Super Bowls. I mean, forget about Jim McGuinness getting him back. uh, Would you answer the call of Kyle Shanahan is the important question, Michael. Uh,
2: You might answer answer the call, all right. But, um, yeah, you mightn't do much more with it. Um, Yeah, listen, fair play to them, number one. That's These new... And roads like it used to be, I suppose, AFL was the big one, wasn't it? That was the the one for so long. And this new avenue now of, of the NFL... Is, uh, it's just so intriguing. Like, you know, there's so many questions. What type of kicker are they going to be and mm. uh, and, and how it's going to, it's going to happen? But it, it, it sounds real. Like, it sounds a real life, you know, live possibility. Sometimes when we see these possibilities, you think, ah, they've about five steps to go through and, you know, they might do step one and step two, but they'll, they'll, they'll never mm. make it to, to the final. But uh, it'll just be... Yeah, it'll it'll I, be interesting, but envious. No, listen, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done it. Definitely not. Not not for you me. You wouldn't have known. <laughs> ah, listen, a cold, nice, damp Sunday in and hey, playing against <laughs> maybe in a, an opening round of an NFL. I'd take that over. Uh, Absolutely, yeah, uh, over. Of
4: course, over you know, uh, you know, the the Florida, you know, Vegas for the Super Bowl. No, I understand that entirely, but I I, I kind of feel like the begging thing has nearly been like. Underreported. I mean, I, or not underreported, but like, people are just kind of taking it for
1: granted a bit or, you know, Began's away there for a while. But well, I think it's because it hasn't, if, yeah. he, if he ends up in the NFL, obviously, yeah. then yeah. it'll become huge. I think at the moment, it just seems just a little bit hypothetical because he's yeah. doing the training camp, he's doing the, I, the Yeah, I think people are just,
4: are like having a bit of difficulty getting their head around the idea that Rory Began could be at this crack, you know, in September of 2024, you know?
2: And we haven't just we haven't seen this happen before, so yeah. it's like you know when 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 the rumors were going around. Who was the recent rumors around? Uh, Carl Gallagher in the AFL. So you said, oh yeah, right, he is actually going to go to that Adelaide. Crows, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas this, you're you're kind of still a bit unsure until it actually happens, whether whether it will happen or not. But I think once it happens once, like anything, I mean, the floodgates could could be open, and and depending on how he does, and you would, we know from watching him in a style of kicking and that very straight forward style of kicking that it kicks with the Gaelic ball you think could definitely easily cross over to, the, to, to that style of kicking in, in, uh, in the NFL you know whether that is as a punter or as a goal kicker uh, we're still unsure as what that could be and maybe he could be held as both who knows
1: Just last one Michael uh, obviously it's just the first week into the, the league is, is there any team in Division 1 do you think that you look at and feel that the league is important to them in a certain way w- whether it's I and mean, we, we we mentioned one or two of them potentially, but that, is there any team that you think okay they need to have a good league or they they really need to prioritise this get something out of this for the year ahead?
2: Do do I think they need to? I know one team that is doing it is Derry, and yeah. and, and 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 Derry are going to do it. Um, you know they've introduced you know three new players and there are three really solid players: Jeremy Ger- 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 Baker uh, at corner back, Car McMurphy, Carron Ford would have seen him going on against Kerry. He's potentially that corner forward that can come in and get those one or two scores per game that you need to, uh, you know, to 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 to, to support Shane Wigan. and Declan Cassidy. At Eleven is really good. I, I think Derry, and again, and it was extremely early to be doing this, but just in a mindset, I suppose, judging by the journey that we would have went on and 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 of those years with with um, getting to all Irelands. Mm. I look at their journey and I say to myself, and I'm I'm putting myself in the shoes of a Chrissy McGuinness or I'm putting myself in the shoes of, or sorry, a Chrissie or I'm putting myself in the shoes of a Conor Glass. And, and, you know, I think they're looking back in that Kerry game last year in the semi-final and they're saying, yeah, do you know what? Huge disappointment, semi-final, we're beat. But I think they're taking huge belief from that. We went toe-to-toe with a team that only got beat by a point in the last minute against Dublin and All-Ireland. We're here. We're here to belong. You look through all the key ingredients that you want in in an all-Ireland team. Goalkeeper, Orn Lynch, they have it. People can argue whether the the fly goalie is is, 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 is good for Derry. I believe it is more times than enough. They have key man markers, you know, in the full back line and in their half back line. They've got attacking defenders, Patrick McGrogan, you know Connor Doherty, Gareth McKinless, who are getting one point every game. And these are key ingredients of an All Ireland winning team. Midfielders who can play on the ground and who are unbelievable in both sets of kickouts. They've got the marquee forward and Shane McGuigan. The only one question mark you have on it, I suppose, is do they have that other supporting acts and in, in, in the forward line to do that? Uh, so far, we haven't seen that. Um, but, you know, they are gradually building, I think, step by step, year by year. They're getting really strong belief. You know, they've gone from Division 4 up to Division 1. They're now competing in Division 1. And I, I think they'll want, you know, they've won two Ulsters in a row. Um, and and I think they're going to go full hog to try, and, to try and win Division 1. And as a result, just keep the toe down. I don't think Mickey Hart knows any differently. I don't think them players know any differently. I would love to be a fly in the wall last week of the conversations around the three Glen lads. I don't think it was Mickey Hart saying, boys, you are playing, you are coming back. I think it was the three of them saying, listen, mm. we were close. We're going to start this year off. Connor Glass saying, I'm captain of the team. We're going to start the year off as we mean to go on, lay down a marker. Mickey Hart probably could have said, no, no, always go and take your two weeks. But he was saying, okay, we'll, we'll take them there. And that's my my belief of, of the kind of psyche of them players at the moment, you know.
1: Yeah, okay. Mickey Hart's Derry. Sounds like it could be a tip for the Old but We'll save that. There's a lot of chats to have between now and then, Michael. Listen, great to talk to you today. Thanks, Emil. Thanks, Owen. Thanks, Mark.
3: A big schemazel just in front of the Kerry goal.
4: Bit of a dust up, folks, in the left corner back position. The physio's involved out there now, Ishii, from Mayo. Look, he is, yeah. Stewards now, Ishii, are pulling you, there's, off there's a spectator. A, a spectator after coming in. A spectator and three fourths. That's crazy court, stuff, yeah. Like and I tell you, he's taking
2: five. One, two, three, four. Stewards to hold him and sing about. He's a strong back. man, isn't
1: he?
0: Colin McFadden, Colin Go McFadden's gonna Ryan McKee, the
5: ball oh! on the net, the ball oh! on the net, Ryan right McKee. The kick out again, in an absorbing semi-final, Anthony oh, Maher brings the down from the cloud!
0: He hand passes over to Colin McFadden, this is
4: the goal for Donegal! Go yes! yes! Goal McFadden! Tight angle, Paul Ganey with the kick, and Paul
2: Ganey with the point! We're watching to see what McQuillan's going to do. Goal! goal! Duny Goal, and back it all out in an All-Ireland final.
5: Scenes in what an
4: absolutely amazing result by Kerry. What wonderful football by the Kingdom. Up Kerry, up the Kingdom, up Eamon Fitzmaurice, up to Dublin for the All Ireland.
3: Some game.
1: Before we go today, I just wanted to thank everyone for the many messages we've received about Friday's podcast from Balahi, where we travelled and spoke with the family of Sean Brown. In case you missed it, Sean was chairman of the local GA club and he was abducted by a loyalist gang. In May 1997 while locking the gates of the club for the night he was driven away and murdered. Nobody's ever been charged with the murder. There is an inquest going on at the moment but the fear is that it won't get finished before May 1st at which point all open inquests into deaths that took place during the conflict will be shut down through the Legacy Act. We met Sean's daughter Siobhan and his grandson Damon. We're just outside the the clubhouse now. Siobhan you might tell us what we're what we're looking at here.
5: Yes, this is the, the club where it happened. My father was murdered. Um, you can see the plaque on the wall was dedicated in his memory by the members of the club the year after he after he was killed. Um, they also rededicated the pitch to the Park De Brún around the same time. And here we have the clubhouse where um, on that night of the 12th of May, 1997, Daddy would have left the club meeting Locked the door after putting security alarm on, but he drove his car to the entrance to the gate to lock up the club gate. When at that stage, sadly, he was abducted um, and murdered.
1: How different is it as we stand today to what it would have been like in 1997?
5: The clubhouse still remains the same. Um, obviously, the entrance has changed, probably for the better because you don't have that memory mm-hmm. of the actual wooden gate that it would have been there at the time. The entrance is open, so anyone can actually drive into the car park. Um, still brings back memories about the particular spot where it all happened. It's difficult at times.
1: Nobody has to lock the gates anymore. Yeah. yeah. Nobody has to lock the gates. Yeah, unbelievably powerful stuff. We've had a load of people in touch with us, full of praise for Siobhan and Damon and expressing the hope they finally get to the truth of what happened to Sean. That podcast went out to everybody on Friday, so you can listen to that whether or not you're a member. That's it for today. Thank you, Murph. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Carol. Thank Thanks, Emil, thank for can. listening. We'll chat tomorrow if you're a member of the Second Captains World Service, which you can become on secondcaptains.com for just five euro a month plus VAT. And a reminder that the Second Captains podcast is part of the ACAS Creator Network.
3: It's
2: uh, the second time it's gone they got on. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade that there's a world outside of that. That's why sports important.
3: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project...